Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland Super Bowl Edition Part 2. Today is Thursday, February 4th, the year 2021. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. Uh, We have a special guest tonight, Charles Roberts, joining us here momentarily. I'm glad that you all could be with us. Uh, Lots to go over tonight, lots to get into. All Eyes on Cleveland is a show where we interview the top sports personalities in the country discussing the pressing issues that face our Cleveland Browns. Uh, You can find the show where all popular podcasts are found on podcasts, and we're simulcasting out to uh, YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live. Tonight, our special guest on the Super Bowl edition part two is Charles Roberts. Charles covers the NFL draft and is on the Tampa Bay Bucks beat for the NFL draft, or for, pardon me, for NFL draft central. And he is also the general manager of the Mississippi Raiders of the Arena Football League. Let's bring him in to the show, uh, Charles Roberts. Charles, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. Ready to talk some football. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to have you on here, uh, and uh, glad that we could do that. Uh, So I wanted to start with you. It's very interesting that you are the general manager of the Mississippi Raiders. Um, And uh, first start off with, you know, how did you go about getting that position? Well, it started with I went to school at uh, Southern Miss, which is a school in Mississippi, and Giants Germany, who had teams in Texas and from the Bay, he's from the Bay Area. He brought a team to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So for me being in that area, knowing that area, he chose me, and we've been running ever since. Nice, nice. Uh, so we have. Uh, I actually have a clip here. Let's see if I can bring this up successfully. Uh, of uh, here we are. This was the uh, news. Uh, uh, press conference i think of the uh bringing the team there so we'll give this a little quick watch here so that was uh back uh you know when this all thing started that was you talking there right about uh, it being fast and fun uh so uh let me ask you this so that they brought the team there you got the position did you have to put the roster together and everything you guys start in march so that's got to be exciting but did you have to put the roster together Yes, I did. Me and the coach, we got together and put them forth a roster. We're currently in training camp, so we have 38 guys. We got to get down to 25. So, you know how training camp is. You got to cut some guys yeah. over the front part of being a GM, but it has to be yeah. done. That's pretty awesome. So, Arena League football is crazy, right? You know, you're banging into the walls. Like you said, going over the wall, it's super fast-paced, super high scoring. It's a lot of fun to watch if anybody's ever uh, but uh, did you hire the coach and everything? So our owner, he serves the head coach, and me and together hired the staff. We got some great coaches. We got young coaches. Uh, Jermaine Blakely, he has 20 years of arena experience playing and coaching, so he was a big addition. And uh, BT Sanders, he's one of our players. He, used to, he had a trial with the Buffalo Bills, played there for a little while. So we got some talent out there. It's going to be fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. Uh, that would be kind of like a crossover there. I know you do work on the draft and stuff, but I'm sure you run into players that you, you know, did draft work on in the Arena League, right? Yeah, that's that's so funny because 
one day I'm writing about a player, and next I'm trying to sign him. So it goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's got to be some crossover there because at, at some point, it, you know, if it doesn't work out in the league, that's one of the next options, right? At least right Correct. now. Correct. And it also helps. So writing about the draft and scouting guys, it helps a lot being a generous because once you acquire those skills and learn how to write and scout, it makes it easier when you become a general manager to get talent. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So best of luck. Obviously, uh, I'm going to have to follow up with you on how that season goes and everything, but it seems a lot of fun. You guys are in training camp right now. So what do you do during training camp? You just Are you just watching kind of from evaluating? So a training camp, we bring the guys in, and they go one-on-one every day, very intense, very competitive. These guys, you got to think, like, they're trying to get this so they can go to the next level. Some of these guys still got NFL dreams, and this is the first step to that. So they basically come, yeah. practice, they train, and at the end of the um, training camp session, we pick the best 25 guys, and we're ready to rock. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so very cool, very cool. And uh, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. That starts in March. That's the Mississippi Raiders. Uh, Charles Roberts, our guest tonight, is the general manager of the Mississippi Raiders. Awesome uh stuff there uh but you also do draft and the tampa bay bucks which works out perfect for us tonight because the bucks are in the super bowl and we want to talk draft right because you know it's getting to be that time of year so this works out really well for us uh let's uh jump over here and talk a little nfl draft if you don't mind charles uh here on all eyes on cleveland so the browns went 11 and 5 uh, they went uh, in, you know, beat Pittsburgh twice in a row, as you probably know, won that first playoff game in you know, 20-some years. It's pretty crazy stuff, right? No coach there. He was hitting in his basement because of COVID, and, and they end up beating Pittsburgh a second time. They played uh, Kansas City pretty tough. You know, now they did. Mahomes was out, so they had Chad Henney in there, but they were able to stay close with them at the end. But, they, you know, the Browns feel like going forward they would be a, a contender in the AFC, and I think that's pretty legitimate. Um, but so they, what they want to do, and, and their GM is uh, Andrew Barry, the youngest GM in the NFL, and, of course, Coach Stefanski, who is up for Coach of the Year. He won Coach of the Year with the writers already, but uh, I'm Coach of the Year uh, right before the Super Bowl, sometime this week, I think, actually. But, uh, he, you know, he's up for that as well. Uh, did an incredible job, you know, coming in first-year head coach, took these guys all this head. Um, and uh, people in, in Cleveland, he can do no wrong, right? But Andrew Berry, we haven't really seen how he's handled this. We, he's been here for one draft and uh, one offseason, and he attacked the offensive side of the ball. He went and signed Jack Conklin, you know, for the right right tackle, Got, uh, you know, their left tackle in the draft with Jedrick Wills. Went and spent some big on Hooper at tight end because, you know, Stefanski likes to run that 12, 13 personnel, right? So he he went out and got those guys. And the offensive side of the ball looked great. Defense a little suspect, though. So we're expecting an attack on the defensive side of the ball here this offseason, Charles. So when it comes to the draft, we're looking, I'm thinking, right, first First, you know, of course, it's always you want to take best player available. But first priority for me w- would be an edge opposite Miles Garrett, right? Uh, so you gave Miles Garrett a ton of money, uh, and you want to maybe get an edge to me. It makes sense analytically, you know, as far as you know 
the way they spend their money, uh, salary allocation, to put a guy on a rookie deal on him, but also find the long-term solution opposite him now that uh, uh, that spot has opened up. Uh, I know Quiddy Pay is considered like the best edge in the draft, right, from Penn but the Browns are picking at like 26. So if you were looking at late first round, second round, what kind of edge guys or any names you can throw at us that we should be looking for in that range? Yeah, so you got you got Joseph Osa, the edge from Texas. That somebody could be there in that range, and he's 6'3", 245 pounds, coming off the edge. So <laughs> that'll be a nice addition at 22. Now, we've seen Barry be very aggressive. Maybe he goes up a couple picks and get Gregory Rosary from Miami. That, to me, yeah. is my <laughs> If he can find a way, if he falls perfect, if he can find a way to go up a couple slides and get him, that'll help, I think, a lot. Now, let me ask you this about Rose, uh, Rousseau or Rosu or however you say his name or Rousseau from from Miami. He opted out last year, right? So that's key for like guys like him and Jamar Chase and stuff. They're gonna, you know, how big are those pro days combine really this year, right? So everything measurable wise is at the pro day. So that's absolutely huge for these opt out guys, right? Correct. And then talking from a GM perspective, the pro days they're comfortable. They at their they're at their house. They know the field. They know every divot. They know everywhere not to go. So that's going to be a kind of a different outlook for the GMs this year, especially if you look at it. The combines, you're out your element. You're going against competition and all eyes on you. Here, these guys are going to just be, like I said, be at their home school. So it's going to be very different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, not having that same combine-type atmosphere is going to be really strange because – the amount of business that probably gets done at the combine week is crazy. Right. And now they don't, that's not available to these GMs and scouts. And uh, I'm sure a lot of guys find jobs there, you know, that sort of thing. It's such a, a, a place of, uh, you know, uh, networking more than anything. And uh, also getting the numbers on these guys. So you've got a guy like uh, Rousseau, who is he the second best guy you think second best edge in the draft? I think he is. I think he arguably could go for one. He opted out. You didn't get time to see him. But people forget he was explosive off the line. So he's definitely my number two. And uh, maybe he can fight for number one. Okay. And then you said the other guy you said is Joseph Osai, who I've actually seen mock to the Browns a few times. A uh, few times. Now, he's more of an outside linebacker, would play the edge of the Browns. You know, the Browns are in the – obviously that translates to an edge. What's – like is he big? Is he six two or, or six foot? He is six three, two hundred forty five pounds. So he has the size. He he, like I yeah. said, he's a traditional outside linebacker in that three four. But he can project to the defensive end as well. This is depending on how they want to use him. Yeah, so they'll be in that four three. So he'll play the edge. He's super fast. I watched a little tape on him. He is so quick, and his energy is crazy. So. Him uh, as well at the edge. Uh, you think he'll fall to the second round, or is he a first round, late first round guy? I think after the pro pro day times and stuff, just like I said, his tape, and then you put that with the forty times probably gonna run. If they're gonna give him, they're gonna have to give him in the twenties, twenty six. Like, or hopefully he's there. <laughs> I'm gonna be surprised. Yeah, Ed Russell, they they go up the board real quick for sure. Uh, now this was my question. Other need is you know, sir. 
linebacker and corner are probably needs. And, you know, cornerback, they have some guys there, but, you know, Greedy Williams didn't play a down this year. So count on him, right? So you kind of got to adjust in, in the draft as well. But linebacker for sure is a position of need. Now, this front office, though, has made it pretty clear in the past, Charles, and maybe you can kind of explain some of this to me. And I think it's kind of this way around the league, but they don't value the position that much at linebacker. Why is that? Is that an analytics thing or what? I think a lot of people look at linebacker, unless you're Devin White, <laughs> they're the ones that people are valuing now. So the classic yeah. linebacker, not getting bad. you got to be good in pass coverage now. I know when I look at guys – First thing I want to see from the line is like, can he drop back? Can he drop it to coverage? Whereas back in the older days, like, you wanted guys who come down to be a thumper. A guy uh, from a long time ago, Denzel Perryman, if y'all remember that name, he could come yeah, out for and sure. he couldn't cover. <laughs> so he couldn't last yeah. in the league. He couldn't cover. Yeah, the Browns, their linebacker now, you know, is made up of Charles just it seems like guys that are real one-dimensional. So one guy can play the run, right? And one guy can can play a little bit of bridge, and another guy is good against this or, you know, short pass game. They don't have anybody that can do it all, right? Uh, I've seen Zaven Collins mocked to them a ton. Like, at 20, he's been mocked to them a ton. I, what do you think Zaven Collins? I like him as well. He'll be a good pick there. I like Dylan Moses better, though, from Alabama. That's on okay. hands on him. I, I will go for him. Okay, write that one down there uh, to look at. So uh, one other thing that I, uh, when you look at linebacker with them, they will want to run, or it seems like uh, they want to have like a kind of a hybrid guy, right? Um, so when I was doing a little bit of research, the guys that I found that played, uh, what was it, over 100 at the linebacker position, uh, at the slot corner, right, in college, was Jeremiah Awosu, Koromoa, and Jabril Cox. Can you talk on either of those guys? Yeah. Jabril Cox, he plays He plays fast. He's going to come down and hit you. He ain't can cover. So that's a good one, too. And Owosu, like you were saying, he also a good cover guy. Well, so the Browns looking to throw that back in. Those are definitely two great prospects that they can go out there. Now, if you look at Cox, he may be done in the second. That's somebody you might be talking in the second. I don't know about late, late second with the 26 pick in the second, but maybe that's somebody you yeah. like to like trade up and get him. Yeah. Okay. 26 potentially, but that might be a little for him, you think? Yeah, a little It depends. I want to see what he runs in the 40. That's my only thing. Like, he looks fast on tape, but sometimes he's got no fast on tape, and they come and run four sixes and four sevens. So, just seeing what he runs in the 40 and then translating that to the film. That's like being a general manager, a lot of people realize you can watch film on a guy, and actually he'll be slower than you think. Some guys just play faster than their 40 times. Some people play, they play slower than their 40 times. For sure. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've seen our share of that. You know, you see a burner go to the NFL, but, you know, he runs 4-3 speed and you think you're getting Tyreek Hill and any separation. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, let's take a look here at cornerback, which is obviously a position of need for the Browns as well. Uh, what's your looking at the end of the first round 
What are some names you like there? I mean, is Caleb, is Caleb Farley your best corner or Sertain your best corner on your board? I like Sertain. I like Sertain okay. and I like Farley. Uh, so, Sertain, I think he might go top 10. I don't think he's going to be there at 26. And I think the Browns need more uh, position than to trade up for a cornerback. If they see it as a fit, then go ahead. But then Farley... He's going to be like the 10 to 15 range. I do have a corner. J.C. Horn. I like him to go. Yeah. He has the pedigree you like the Horn son. So I like J.C. Horn. Now, if they can get their hands on him, he'll be a good pick. Yeah, you like him in, you know, maybe 20 first round, you think? Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be targeted in, in that round right there. Because it's going to be a uh-huh. run quarterbacks. So offensive lineman and quarterback, I think it's going to be a run. And that's going to put some good guys, maybe possibly even fairly, down to the Browns because they don't need a quarterback. Yeah. That's going to be good for them if they run on offensive line, which they got heavily last year, and a run on quarterback. Yeah. I was looking at this uh, list here in front of me from uh, PFF. Uh, interesting name they have at fourth, Asante Samuel Jr. <laughs> so... What do you think of him? Have you watched any of his tape? Do you have an evaluation on him? Is he a guy that you'd be interested in uh, late first round or no? Yes. he. That's another guy got the pedigree, obviously, is that Asante Samuel. He didn't play as good in big games, I would like. You know, um, he had his talent, definitely has the talent. He definitely comes to play. I just would like to see him shine a little bit more in the big games. But if you're there at 26, hey, that's what the 26 and on down picks are for. Get people with potential who has the potential to be great and coach them up, which we've seen Kevin yeah. time at the time with his players. So that'll be a great pick as well. Yeah, you know, that name comes off the page with Asante Samuel there. Uh, uh, other one I wanted to ask you about is where, where do you kind of – I'm going to ask you about your top 10 here in a second, but uh, where do you uh, – you know, a lot of people are high up follow – Around here, Sean Wade is a name that gets around in that cornerback group. What do you think of him? What, think, what do you, kind of a grade do you think or, or round do you think he'll go? I think he's kind of a forgotten guy. A lot of people like to talk about Fairley and Patrick Sertain. But just last year, Sean Wade would have came out. We were looking at him like a top five at most, top yeah. ten leagues pick. So that's a that's a good target that the Browns make and get a steal. We seen them do it with with the uh the corner from LSU that escapes my mind that they greedy. got greedy. greedy Williams yep greedy I don't think he's gonna fall as far as greedy greedy's dropped to the second round pick forty five but I can see him being yeah. in the twenty six range where if they get him and pair him with Denzel oof yeah that's that can be nice that can be nice because he a good man to man corner now if you ask him to play so he can play a little too but I, I could put him man to man with at least the second receiver, I know his first year, and he'll win most of them battles. Okay, that's good. That's good to know uh, for sure. Um, all right, so uh, I got one more position I'm going to ask you about. Before I do that, you said you have a mini mock top 10. Uh, let's let's hear it uh, uh, from you here tonight. Okay. Yeah, this is my top 10 as standing now, and I took the liberty to make a couple trades, so this will be interesting. So number one, I don't, very good. I don't think it's a secret. The Jacksonville Barrett, I think they have to take Trevor Lawrence because they're they're a franchise who need money, they need star power, and that's Trevor Lawrence. What do you want to make the base? He the best fit. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft as well. So that that's a good fit. Number two Urban is Meyer like, there now. 
Urban Meyer, yeah, Urban Meyer there now. He's going to want somebody who can run his offense deep on. He's going to love. It. Number two, I got a little bit of curveball. I have the Jets trading with the Falcons. Four and four. Mm-hmm. So number four and two moving on. Obviously, some more picks as well. I think the Falcons need some life as well. And they go get Justin Fields, a guy who played at Georgia but transferred to Ohio State. So I think they get him pairing with Julio, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, kind of the bridge this year. And next year, you, you turn him loose. I got Justin Fields getting traded to that pick. Number three. Interesting. I, number three, I have another interesting talk. I think ultimately, and this may be preview what we're going to talk about a little later. I ultimately think Texans trade with the Dolphins for the Sun Watch. So the Sun Watch goes to the Dolphins and they get the number three pick, the number 18 pick, and some more. And with that third pick, why not put Devontae Smith back with Tua? If you're going to get Tua in that package, because that was when Tua looked his best when he had Devontae Smith. And it looked a little high. I mean, three kind of high, but the season he had was incredible. So why not? Yeah. And number four, I got the Jets who just traded down getting Jamar Chase. I think his name's kind of been forgotten, kind of like Sean Wade and Gregory Rosa, because uh, Jamar Chase actually opted out too. But he yeah, was, I was really the number one pick. Literally, like he arguably could be the number one pick, uh, based off his talent. So, you got the Jets, which they will keep Sam Darnold in this scenario. They got Makai Bethan last year, they, they got the offensive line. Now, you get Jamar Chase, something that Sam Darnold hasn't had a number one three. Number five, uh, have number five had the Bengals taking Benay Sewell, the tackle. Joe Burrow mm-hmm. missed games because they couldn't protect him. But when he played, his star shined bright. So why not get somebody who can protect him? You know, this, this guy who like the can't miss tackle prospect. If he lives up to the bill, they got somebody for the next ten to fifteen years with him. And Burrow, maybe Cincinnati can start. You know, taking that next step. I know that's yeah, not if, no. Y'all the if he y'all falls, if he falls to Cincinnati, they'll be dancing in the streets, man. I, I think that that. If, very possible because of like the way you have it break. You know, if Jamar Chase gets taken, if if they value those wide receivers high enough, you know, both those guys, I think he'll he could get that far down. But if if he gets there to Cincinnati, that's that'd be perfect for them with uh, Burrow, right? They need to protect him because he's going to be outstanding. So uh, I like that, and they would love that for sure. Uh, sorry, didn't mean it. Go ahead. No, I get no, excited no. when they talk about the AFC North. I get excited, so go ahead. <laughs> if they pick well, y'all have Cleveland has to go as Russell at that point because that's he, going to be a big. Got to get to him. Got to gonna have to. All right, now number six, I got the Eagles taking Rashad Slater. He can play tackle. We also can slide in and play guard. Jalen Hurts, he was kind of running for his life toward the end, and we seen Wentz get hurt before too. I think. First, they need to pick who's going to be the starter. It's going to be Wentz. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. But once they do pick their starter, they need somebody to protect them. And I think Rashad Slater out of Northwest, I think he's going to be a good pick. Let's see. Now we got number seven, the Lions. The Lions who just made the trade for golf. I got them taking BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. I don't think golf is going to be there long term. I think they needed to get some face or identity. Because they've been bad so long, they had to get identity. I think golf can maybe a year or two can play, get them identity. I don't know if they're going to pick for the playoffs. If they put some pieces around, maybe. But you got Zach Wilson, who you can develop. He's a proven winner. You know, he fits what they're trying to do. 
So that's gonna be a good pick for them. Yeah. Pick number eight at the Panthers taking Patrick Sertain the second. I think he's my number one. As I said, he's my number one corner. The Panthers got lit up a lot of time. A lot of time you watch the Panthers, their games were like 40 to 24. Like they For gotta sure. add somebody. Now you could look and say quarterback here, but I think they're gonna go get a veteran. I think they're gonna go look get a veteran. Okay. Like a Derek Carr or somebody. So Patrick Sertain there. Number nine, I have the Broncos taking Trey Lance, quarterback. Drew Locke, I don't think the experiment worked. Now, if John Elway going to pull the trigger and just say, hey, it didn't work, this will be John Elway track record quarterbacks. Not that good right now. Maybe he sees Trey Lance and takes another chance. Swings for the fences again. Number yeah. 10, finally, the Cowboys. I had him getting Gregory Russo, who we just talked about. I think you put him on the opposite end. Uh, Alder Smith didn't have a bad year. You know, he ain't got Demarcus Lawrence. So he can put them in that one. Now you got a pass rush. They would if they had that, they win the NFC East. So they only like a piece or two away from going to the playoffs. We look at it like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that uh uh that's good stuff. I, I like that. Um interesting Trey Lands to Denver. I, I I don't think that uh they're done with the the Drew Locke experiment as well, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh and then Rousseau, we talked about at 10. The Zach Wilson at 7 surprised me a little. You think that they don't see golf as the long-term of a bridge to get to somebody else? I, th- I think he's going to be more of a bridge because he played okay. He didn't look like the golf that took him to the Super Bowl, the Rams to the Super Bowl years ago. So yeah. in that you made, you basically got him for free if you think about it because it was basically a trade of contracts. So you get golf, you see what he can do, but also – GMs, I'm telling you from perspective, we don't want to draft this high. <laughs> Nobody wants to continue to have top ten picks. So why you have a pick number seven, and you got a chance to take a guy who's a proven winner, somebody who he need to be developed. Now he's not ready to start day one. I think it's a perfect scenario. You take him, you let him sit for a year, or two years, and see what you got after that. Perfect, uh, perfect. Well done, sir. So. There's a little uh, draft information for everybody out there as we start to get into this. Doing the free agency breakdowns, did the deep dive on Ogunjobi last night. Uh, you know, you can catch that on the channel as well. It's only about 20 minutes long, but I see him walking in free agency. So, see some of this draft stuff start to, uh, uh, you know, correspond with with the uh, free agency guys that stick around or walk uh, as the Browns have 17 free agents they have to uh, work on and uh, work up on every single one here on uh, All Eyes on Cleveland. So, so far, Higgins and uh, Ogunjobi you can find on the channel. So, uh, Browns 11-5, one playoff win. Baker Mayfield extension time is around the corner. If you're the GM of the Browns, okay, um, would you sign Baker to... So there's a couple take an account for this year, right, Charles? The cap is going to go down to like $180 million. Unprecedented, it's going to drop by like $20 million and probably then turn around and go right back up when the TV money hits in a year. So... You know, with the cap falling, the Browns have about $30 million of rollover money, so they're not in any trouble or actually in pretty good position, but this did uh, this dip in the, the playing field a little bit 
hurt them some. But you want to sign, you know, Mayfield to an extension, probably the way he played in the second half of the season. Would you go ahead and give him the fifth-year option and then sign him and potentially have to pay him more money uh, because the cap goes up and because he can command more money if he plays better? You go ahead and sign him now and try to maybe save a couple million doing it this offseason. Almost definitely. I, I think they need to go ahead and sign him just because everything he's done this year, if he does this again, let's say, because they were supposed to be in the team. They one play away. If they don't get that fourth and one, he has the ball with a chance to win that game. So with that being said, you go ahead and sign him now. You know, Don't play with it because Cleveland – been looking for their quarterback for years, for years and years. This guy, him, Stefanski, uh, Andrew Berry, they got a good thing going. Keep it going. Sign them. And that way, it gives confidence to the team that that's our guy. It gives Baker the time. Okay, boy, let me, let me get on my craft. I am the guy. You don't want him looking over his shoulder. He goes to playing and some, some interceptions start creeping up. My biggest question with Baker before this year was primetime, big-time games. He didn't do it. He kind of went to bed a little bit, for lack of a better phrase. This he shows he can come forward, he can play, get him some uh, speedy receiver, give him a, like maybe one more option. He should be good. I will go ahead and sign him and not do bad because you risk. If he goes out here and they go 11 and 5, 12 and 4, he's to the conference championship game. Now you're looking at paying him, not Pat Mahomes' money, but a lot of money that can cripple the cap, even though it's going up next, so it's going to cripple the cap a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I said the same thing that. You know, you can potentially three to five million dollars. I don't see him going out next year and playing worse. So, you know, the only thing that's going to happen by waiting is you ending up having to pay him more, especially with the cap going back up. Uh, so I, I would go ahead and try to take care of it this offseason for sure and lock that thing up that uh, we're talking about. Now, one question that kind of surrounds me. Did a, a little workup on the show here uh, about two weeks ago, and then I cut it up and set it out uh, as the OBJ's future video. Dell Beckham Jr. has struggled. I, I don't know. If he hasn't. Yeah, he's struggled. He he's he's you know not played up to his potential as a Brown. Um, maybe not to his fault. You know, Freddie Kitchens w- was an idiot, you know, and uh, not ready to coach. Great guy, nice guy, but just wasn't ready. Um, and his his first year here, that I think, you know, the offense, his lack of ability to handle well, everything, whatever was going on with Baker at the time, um, was was an epic fail. OBJ's numbers in his season. And then you have this year where he starts off. He had a couple good games. The Dallas game is, you know, especially jumps off the page where he had three touchdowns, uh, you know, ca- caught two, ran for one, uh, you know, iced the game with that reverse run. Uh, really nice. But then he gets hurt in the Cincinnati game. And after he gets hurt, you know, Charles. Baker Mayfield lights it up rest of the year from that point on where he gets hurt to the rest of the season. He was a top five quarterback in the NFL. So is it 
OBJ? Is it just the pressure of you know him getting them the ball? In your opinion, should how should the Browns handle this? You know, should they say, okay, Baker's had enough time in this offense? You know, this is what the GM said. Andrew Barry basically said it's not. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to get us to drink the Kool Aid. I think it's like, you know, it's not OBJ being gone that changed the offense. It was Baker learning the offense more that is why you see the stark contrast in numbers. I don't know if I percent. Either way, they might have a tough time trading him. What do you think they should do with OBJ? in 2021 should they just bring him back he's coming off the injury works out should they try to trade him thoughts on this situation like i said this is a very tricky situation i for one i think they need to explore the trade market see what can you get i don't think they're gonna get a first round pick second uh late second is kind of pushing it now you're looking at third and fifth so you gotta ask yourself at the gym now do I want to trade arguably, you know, a guy who can be a top ten at, at best five top five receiver for a third and a fifth round pick? What player would I get in the third and fifth round that's gonna match that? Now, Baker didn't look like he was forcing the ball to Odell. Maybe that's a situation where maybe a little bit true that he didn't know the offense. So, hey, I don't know the offense. I'm just gonna throw it to my best player and hope he catches until I learn it. So at the end of the day, I would bring him back if it's on the third or fifth return. If I can get a late first or maybe a second, I would consider a trade. But bring him back, run it back. He's a great player. If it doesn't work this year, cut ties with him. And like you said, they rolling over thirty million, so they're not hurting for money. Bring back OBJ, run it back. Instead of going out into the draft looking for a OD a OBJ, you already have the OBJ. So why go out? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think you listen to any offers, and if you get blown away, maybe maybe you think about it, right? Um, just because it hasn't been great, you know, um, and you saw how well the offense was without him, how, how well they did without them, without him. But at the same time, there is maybe there is some truth to that, you know, Baker has – Matured knows the offense, and now if you put OBJ in it, it'll just take off, right? There's always that's that's very much ability. So I don't I don't question Charles his ability his ability to you know rehab the injury because he's such a hard worker. I think he'll bounce back from the injury fine. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, it's a huge question mark with the injury. Eh, I think he'll be okay. Uh, it's just, uh, my worry is I don't want to see Baker regress because OBJ is that guy when he walks into it, the room just changes, right? Like you, the, pr- the pressure gets sucked out of the room. So like, you know, I get uncomfortable at home when he doesn't get touches for two series. Imagine how Baker feels, right? Right. Is I mean, not- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you want to get him the ball, you want to see him succeed, and when he doesn't, you know, his body language starts to show, and and it just has an effect on things. And, and it, you know, if you got offered a two, maybe for that, I would be really tempted to do it. Now, after this year, though, Charles, his teed money is out. There's no dead cap money. He's has he's fifteen million dollars a year. And you're looking at two more guys you probably really need to give long-term extensions to. He may be either way after one more year, I think. 
Yeah, I say give them a year. If it if it's just a horrible, horrible uh, experience, uh, mid season trade deadline, get them out of for what you can get. Whether that's a fourth, you know, if it's just like not working, not working, you can get them out of for a fourth. Just because he's OBJ, some teams gonna take him for a fourth. Or yep. Especially Super Bowl roster. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So if he does, I mean, if he does take off and plays fantastic, you have him under contract. So I guess it's kind of a uh, a win win at this point. Um, you know, if he plays great, fantastic. If he doesn't, you can cut ties. So uh, it's interesting, though. I'd be tempted if somebody came along knocking with a second round pick, though. I really would, just because I saw the offense without him look look better look the best it's looked in years right and uh i don't blame him for that it's just i think the effect that he has on baker is real like the whole thing that's what i think too um all right so uh let me ask you this then uh okay baker we covered we covered the other guy I would get into this offseason is Nick Chubb. What do you think about that? Yes, I think you got to go ahead and stand Nick Chubb. He's the guy, if you're going to win playoff games, you're going to need him. He's the grinded out. He has speed, catch. He's the jack of all trades. If you're looking at a running back right now, he's on pace to probably be a top five running back going into this season because he, he can do it all. And when you talk about beating the Chiefs, you got to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. You got to. He can do that. So if I'm looking to win Super, I got to get Chubb back. Yeah, and, and you, if you get him under contract, and you you know you've got Kareem Hunt on a deal already, uh, you can part of the pitch you can make to him is hey, because you know you've got Kareem Hunt to take some of these carries, and that one-two punch it proved to be uh, nasty all the way through uh, into the divisional round this year. I, I think that they've got to. Uh, sure him up and, and give him now the running back market kind of came back down to earth after those crazy deals with with Gurley and stuff so i think you can, if you can give it kind of like dalvin cook got right around that 48 million four years i think that would be fair you think that sounds right it's not all right dalvin cook numbers uh seem like the one i said ty Gurley got a well, um, astronomical contract a couple years ago and it didn't work. So I think teams are going to be more, you're not going to see Tug in more than like 55, 56 total. So, all part. I, I'm, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. I, I think it's it's fair. I, you know, there are the running back contracts were getting out of control. Uh, and, and he's not, you know, Christian McCaffrey. So. Right. Uh, so I think Dalvin Cook is a good comp as far as goes. Uh, I think he's probably a little bit better than Dalvin Cook, but I think as far as pay goes, uh, I think that's probably about right. All right, uh, let's talk Superman. You cover the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Correct. All right. Charles Roberts uh, is our guest tonight, uh, covers the NFL draft, which we just covered. Uh, Bucks uh, for NFL Draft Central and is the general manager of the Mississippi Raiders Arena League team. Uh, we're going to get a little bit into uh, the Super Bowl here, the big game on long, right? Uh, these two teams faced off in week 12 and uh, 
the Chiefs put together an epic first first quarter. I think Tyreek Hill had like a it was crazy. Uh but that all goes out the window. These teams are very different now. I actually love the Bucks defense. And I actually like Kansas City's secondary a lot too. Like I would as the playoffs went along, I looked at those two teams before they matchup started. Is not they just they just did not give you any room. They hold you. They you know they grab you. It's playoff football, but their secondary does not give you any space to throw the ball. And I feel uh, you know what Sean Murphy Bunting had three interceptions, and I feel like he was holding <laughs> he was holding the receiver on every all three interceptions. No call. You got an interception. It's playoff football. That's what you want to do. But I think the Tampa Bay's defense has really stepped up. Devin White is incredible. Um, I think this makes for like a great Super Bowl matchup. How does Tampa Bay win this win this game? I think you can't let Tyreek go crazy like he did last game. Two hundred yards, three to down the first half. That's bananas. Sean Murphy Bunn playoffs has become a whole different animal. I don't know what he's taking, what he's drinking, what he's eating, but keep it going. <laughs> keep it going. Now, Antoine Winfield is going to be big. He plays safety. They might have to put him over the top of make sure Tyree don't get them long plays. If you can limit Tyree those 10-yard, 12-yard gains, because he's fast. He's going to get yards, but don't let him go for the 60 and the 80 because what happens, that gives Pat Mahomes confident, gives Tyree confident. Then they mess around and get um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire going. And that's thing you know, you're down 21-7 to or 21-3 to in a heartbeat. So if you contain Tyreek, maybe put a safety over Gronk. I mean, not Gronk, but Kelsey, you got a chance. Also, Devin White, I think he's going to be key. He's a man beast. I don't understand why he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I'm kind of – I don't know what happened with that. But he's in the Super Bowl, so you want to play it anyway. But maybe yeah. he put – on Kelsey, tell him, hey, that's your man. If he goes to the bathroom, you go with him. Then, if you, <laughs> uh, and the name I want everybody to remember, I'm saying it now, remember, Antonio Brown. I just feel like for some reason, it's setting up for him to be a big story. You got Mike Evans, you got Chris Guy, we understand those names. But if they try to keep Mike from showing out and they got Guyman on the other side, who's going to hold Brown in the slot? Who's going to hold Gronk? So, that's what I'm thinking. And then Tom Brady, the one thing I took from that game, week 12, he looked so mad. And if you ever seen the meme, <laughs> he has a face, and he's just stone face, like, this guy beat me yeah. again. And I, a, a funny story I want to bring to there as well. I seen where his parents left the house and, like, left Tom in the house so he could, like, study for six days or something like that. So I just think he's going to come in. He's going to be on point. He's motivated to get number seven. He's motivated to win at home. Everything I see sets up for Tampa to win. I uh, actually agree with you. I actually – I'm rooting for Tampa, obviously. I I don't think the Chiefs win again. Uh, But – and I I think that – kind of throw out the Week 12 game a little bit because they came out and tried to play man-to-man, press Tyreek Hill, and you just can't do that. It was just Their game plan was just way – like, if he runs a 12-yard out, right, you you catch it. Like, you don't just let him catch it, let him have, let him have the 12 because – 
they're going to double move you and he's going to beat you at some point. And it's like they didn't have that understanding. And I think that their approach would be completely different now. I think that um, they have the the mechanism in their in their their secondary. You know, those group of young taken in. You know, between the second and the fifth guys have really kind of gelled and are playing really good football in the secondary. Todd Bowles will scheme it up. I think the one thing that you got to throw at the one thing that he hasn't like mastered yet, and a lot of times his athleticism will take care of it for him. He's gotten better at it, but you just just throw crazy wackadoo cut him like every other play, like switch it up. And I think that that they have the ability to do that. You know, I think Bulls has the ability to to just say, you know, you know, here's zone playing man, and you know we're gonna do this. The one thing you can't do to Kansas City, and they made this mistake in the first game too, is you don't blitz. Don't do not blitz. It's pointless. You either get home with your front four, or or you like. I I just think that taking guys out of coverage against Mahomes is pointless. Like they have, you know, Sue has to get home on his own, right? Shaq Barrett has to get home on his own, and extra guys, in my opinion. What do you think about that? I, I definitely think if you look at uh, Jason Pierre Paul and Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett was the missing guy. I literally had a milk card and had him on the missing thing. And he was like the whole season, he really didn't play up to the potential or the franchise tag we gave him. But if you look in the playoff, he stepped up. If you look at, I think Tom Brady is really driving this team right now. And if you look at uh, Jason Pierre Paul, he's been here. He hasn't been here for a while. So he's going to be motivated to get another ring. Big Bill Vail is back. They're not going to be able to run the ball, Big yeah. Bill. So I think when they, when they stop the run, now if you can find a way can contain Pat Mahomes and Tyreek. A score prediction I have, I think the score is going to be 31-27. Uh, Buccaneers are going to take it at the end, 31-27. Don't be surprised. Even if it goes to overtime, I think it's going to be a close game because both teams are good, both teams want it. But I think Tom Brady is going to find a way and they were going to play a play or two more than, than Kansas City to win it. I, I agree with you, actually. I, I like uh, – I have I have A and, and, uh, and the three-point point. I don't know what the spread is now, but I know at one point it was three, right? So I have Tampa Bay in the three. Uh, so – and because I, I like the defense, I think they present a lot of – for them. I think Todd Bulls will have a great game – uh, that defense is playing better than they have all year right now. I think they they will present a lot of problems in coverage. Uh, I think Devin White is amazing, and that pass rush has come on too. And I just think if, in a, in, like you said, in a close game, Brady gets the ball, he's going to find a way to beat you uh, in, in that situation because it, it's like this is is so good, but. This is uh, this this one is a, a legacy game, right? This is such a legacy game for Brady Mahomes, like in the Super Bowl. Like this, this won't probably won't happen. You know, this may be the last chance for him to take down the young gun, and and you know, so it's a legacy game for both guys. I think uh, I think that the Bucks uh, a different difficult matchup for the Chiefs. Uh, it's because their defense, I think, has really come on strong here late and in the playoffs. Uh, and I think they know how to play play that 
style of playoff football defense. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the I like Tampa Bay a lot. Uh, you think? I don't think that. Uh, let me ask you that. This somebody was talking about this today, and I was thought it was interesting. I, I don't think Kansas City will even mess with ball. Do you? Like, like Tampa Bay just they they have the best run defense probably going. I don't even think. I think Kansas City will just spread it out and not mess around with running the ball. I think they're going to attempt it in the first quarter just to try to test the waters. But like I said, with Big Bill Bayer and yeah. Sue. But you got Le'Veon who can catch ground back for you. You got Clyde Wilkins who can catch as well. That's a little concerning to me. If I say one of the things the Chief had as an edge, both their backs can catch. Le'Veon, heck, it, it's times he ran routes. They're better than some receivers that are on rosters. So he's coming. No he's supposed to, I think he was questionable. He's probably going to play with it being the Super Bowl, and they can just turn him loose. Like, hey, do what you do. So that kind of scares me. But I think at the end, we'll have enough. Uh, Devin White, to me, Levante David, like those are big names, and those are guys who can cover the bats out the backfield for sure. Um, and then if you're Tampa Bay, Fournette has been running great, right? Uh, and uh, so Tampa Bay, I think you, you kind of lean on the run. Yeah, I would say um, Leonard Fournette, they called him Playoff Lenny. <laughs> He's been doing really, yeah. really good. Got Ojo coming back. Hey, you might even see a Shady um, sighting, Sean McCoy, because Brady likes those to go back in the Super Bowl. James White, everybody remember that name. So maybe LeSean McCoy has a vintage LeSean McCoy game, and he goes James White and have 10 catches or something. We really don't know what because they had two weeks to prepare for one. They already played his opponent in the second half. They made some adjustment that they almost came back. Had they had another five minutes or so, they probably would have yeah. won that game. So now if you do those things in the beginning and all that and you don't let Tyree go for 200 yards in the first half, you should be okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Bucks. Uh, obviously, I took – I think it will be a uh, – I think it'll be a classic one, though, so I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. Tell you what, uh, Charles, you have been outstanding tonight, man. Thank you so much for time to come on the show. You got anything else you want to go over? Oh, I I got a couple more things. But You got anything else you want to talk about? No. um, Thank you for having me on. It was good talking with you. I hope to be back soon. (laughs) Yeah, let me do a quick uh, around the NFL with your quick reactions to these things, okay? okay? Just down the line. Rams Lions trade. Uh, Goff Stafford. Uh, does uh, the, do the Rams get to the Super Bowl with Stafford? It, they definitely a Super Bowl contender more with Stafford. Stafford can throw the deep ball. You got Robert Woods. You got Van Jefferson. Who I think it's going to be a big year. Cam Akers. That defense with Aaron Donald. That was a big trade. I know they gave up a lot, but sometimes you got to give up a lot to get a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, does Deshaun Watson where? He gets traded. It's either going to be Miami, my first uh, takers with the tour, or the Jets who can get Sam Donald three and a couple more first. Okay. Oh, watch out for uh, Las Vegas with Derek Carr on a three-way trade. I've been hearing a lot about that. Derek Carr is very serviceable, so that could happen. You just took the next name out of my mouth. Derek Carr last last night, you know, they started throwing around. Well, it was leaked that teams were calling about Derek Carr I don't know how true that is. I think that was probably more manufactured from Las Vegas. Like, we know Gruden loves Mariota. 
I feel like he probably was like, we got two good quarterbacks. I love this kid. He's loved him forever. Let's see what we can get for Carr, right? And, and at least throw his name out there like people are calling. Because when you when comes out, now people are going to call and say, see what, what you can get him for. Because there's out there like the Colts, who is like a ready-made team, great defense, good run game, good skills, right? No quarterback. And at, at the end of this thing, like – if they end up without a quarterback or if they end up with like a Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that, it's an epic. Who do you think they end up with? I think the Colts will go out to Derek Carr. I can see Cam Newton's out there. He didn't have a good season, but that's somebody who I think people are going to pick up. A lot of teams were interested in Stafford. He was out there. It was a big name. Don't be surprised. Wolf the line, double back and try to trade golf. You know, just never know with this offseason how things are going to go. Watching football teams quarterback as well. So it's going to be very, yeah. very Does Matt Ryan get traded? Does Jimmy G get traded? It's definitely some names out there. Yeah, you mentioned the Atlanta one, Matt Ryan. If if Matt, if they took um, – who'd you have him taken? The quarterback Just- state, yeah. Um if if they if they took quarterback at two and traded up or whatever and then moved on for and Matt Ryan would be a good fit with the I think uh if he got moved. Uh but I just I, I they gotta be like kind of freaking out. Like you think that you know, I thought they for sure were gonna be the ones to get staff. Uh I just wonder what their what their plan they gotta have a plan, backup plan into the backup plan because they cannot end up without a quarterback with how good that team is, I think. True. I, I think they're um, for them. And also a sleeper quarterback, I want to throw because Jamie Newsom, the one that opted out, he was supposed to be at Georgia, watched him at the super, senior ball. He looked pretty good. Maybe that's a late round fire they take, get a bridge quarterback. Tyrod, maybe that's somebody that can get a bridge quarterback or just throwing names. But, yeah, Tyrod. Uh, I think that's the fail, though. Like, they need a, you know. Derek they Carter. had, uh, yeah, their car would fit. They they got to be trying to get Deshaun Watson, but I just don't think they have enough to give them, you know? Because, yeah. um, you know, with – you're giving them such a high draft pick that it, it – that those are like the only ones that make sense for the Texans to do it. Otherwise, you almost just play chicken with him. Like if I was part of the Texans organization, there's no way I would trade Deshaun Watson. Like I mean, he could ask for it no matter what. I would challenge him. I would say, "Go ahead. You want to sit? Go ahead and sit." I don't think he's going to sit. I that money on the table because he's just a he's you never going to get a guy like that again to walk through your doors. You know. Correct. Especially with no, they have no draft capital. They have no first round picks. They, <laughs> so yeah, they, they should keep them. Yeah, that, that's their best chance of winning. I mean, I'd be sending people down to talk to Dabo and try to get on his good side. Whatever they got to do to make it work, you got to make get that get Easterby out of the building or whatever's going on over there. It's craziness in, in that organization, but. All right, man. So I gotta gotta wish you the best of luck with your upcoming season, the training camp with the Raiders, Mississippi Raiders. 
be following how you do, and maybe we can have you back on and maybe after that season and see how things went and everything. So best of luck to you, sir. You are an outstanding guest, and I appreciate you making it for us tonight. Thank you, Brad, and I'd love to come back on the show. Like I say, anytime, hit me up, man. I, I was seeing some tickets, too, man. I know it's in Mississippi, but I'm seeing some tickets. Send them on. We hey, make a vacation of it, for sure. No doubt. Perfect, perfect. I'll, I'll be... I'll be in touch, my man. All right, have a good one. Thank you again. All right, thank you. We are back uh, at All Eyes on Cleveland after that uh, special guest appearance uh, from Charles Roberts, uh, and uh, he was uh, outstanding uh, all the way through. Uh, he's the GM of the Mississippi Regional League football team and also um works uh, for uh, NFL Draft Central covering the NFL Draft in the Tampa Bay Bucks. Good draft conversation. Um, conversation about uh, some of the news going on around the league and got his opinion on everything Browns football. So good stuff there. Uh, real quickly here, I just wanted to go over, since we were talking, uh, I did want to just uh, do this, and then we'll get here. Um, let's see if I can do this properly again. Mikey, see if you can get me the draft picks. All right. Here we go. All right. So here you have it. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, the Browns own their own 26th pick. They own second round at 59, Third round, they so they have the 89th overall and the 91st overall. They have the Saints pick there in the third round. Fourth round, they have two picks, Eagles pick and our own pick. Fifth round, uh, we have our own pick or the Rams pick. Not sure how that works. End up with one of those picks there in the fifth. So they actually have two-thirds and two-fourths. So I kept saying two-thirds and two-fifths the past couple weeks, so I was off on that. Own pick in the sixth, Bills pick in the seventh. A total nine draft picks, uh, and this is before any compensatory uh, uh, picks have been awarded. So depending on who leaves in free agency and whatnot, there could be additional picks added to the Browns' lot. Uh, compensatory picks are given when a player uh, leaves in free agency. Uh, so nine draft picks, and that's where they are. They're two-thirds, two-fourths. A lot of value there for the Browns to get. Supplement that defense big time. Um, edge, corners, linebacker, 
even though many feel that linebacker, you know, is not a priority. Uh, I think they do have to maybe try to get at least one stud there and then put some guys that can run around them, like Jacob Phillips. I like his upside to to play there. But uh, the guys that I mentioned were some guys that are more of the uh, hybrid style. Uh, so that's the Jim, uh, Jeremiah Osu, Koromoa, uh, and Jabril Cox are more of the hybrid uh, linebackers. Those are both guys that played over 100 snaps at slot corner uh, in college days, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, we're going to get you up and out of here. I hope that you enjoyed the interview with Charles Roberts. Also out there yesterday is the uh, deep dive into Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, you can go grab that as well. Uh, or that podcast as well, uh, uh, where all popular podcasts are found. You can go to www.alleyesoncleveland.com to catch all of it, the videos, the podcasts, everything. Uh, big thanks to Blue Wire Hustle. Uh, big thanks to Charles Roberts for being a, a uh, outstanding guest, and we'll follow his, uh, uh, his uh, way as he makes his first season of the Arena League Mississippi Go Raiders. Uh, I have the Bucks in the Super Bowl. I have Tampa Bay winning. I think they present huge problems. Uh, you can go to the uh, Twitter page and get in on the Rocket Mortgage Free Squares, Super Bowl Square. Uh, go down the timeline. I'll retweet it. And, uh, Grab a free square chance to win some some money on uh, Sunday, uh, as I'm sure many of you are already in- involved in some Super Bowls. So Super Bowl Sunday is a blast, but I got the Bucks, and uh, Mikey's got the Chiefs. So we'll see what happens there, Mikey. All right, uh, we're getting up and out of here. Thanks for listening and watching. All eyes on, and uh, we'll be back soon. Enjoy your Super Bowl. Stay safe out there. We are out.